Good morning. Good morning, Rabbi Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated in loving memory of Nishmat Ivan Chava Bad Zakai, Aleah Shalom, sponsored by Elliot H. Towel. Uh, Breakfast in the Class is also dedicated by Chaya Dina Lehman in honor of Urit Sarah on her birthday. Thank you for being the best wife, mother, and mother-in-law. We wish you many more happy, healthy years. We know you'll hear this message because you listen to every breakfast in the class. What a magnificent thing to do for someone on their birthday. As well, Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safra, philanthropies reach so many throughout the entire world. The Week of Cobra was sponsored by David Yash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to go today and every day. And as well, anonymously, for a Leda Kala, for a mother who listens to the class uh, every day, the Breakfast in the Class, uh, so it's sponsored. In honor of her, uh, she's right now in labor. It should be B'Sha'at Tova Mutzlahat. She named the baby breakfast or the class, whichever one, uh, inshallah. And uh, you should see tremendous nachat from the baby, whatever it is, boy, girl, so long as it's uh, healthy. Be'ezat Hashem, you should be zochet, bayit ne'man Yisrael. Okay, my friends, let's get started. If you're listening to this not live, please do not say amen. Baruch Okay, so we find something over here which is very difficult to understand. I was reading something from a sefer called Bilvavi Mishkan Evneh, and he writes something which I thought was super, super interesting. You know, the relationship between brothers in the Torah from the beginning of time seems to be very complicated and convoluted. From the beginning, Cain and Hevel, you know, uh, Yishmael and Yitzchak, uh, Esav Yaakov, it's wild. They, you know, they can't, figure, they can't figure stuff out. Everybody wants to kill everybody else, right? Finally, um, we get after Esav and Yaakov, we get to the brothers, the Shivatim and Yosef. And it seems like more of the same. They also want to kill him. They decide not to kill him. Last minute, Dakam. They're going to throw him in a pit. And then they're going to sell him as a slave. It's horrible. The problem is that while it's easy to differentiate between the brothers thus far and their protagonists, the murderous brother and the victim in the story, very easy to differentiate between the two, Cain and Hevel. What is Hevel doing? Nothing. Okay? What's Yitzchak doing? Nothing. Right? What's, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's what's uh, Yaakov doing? Te'esav. Nothing. He bought the Bechoran and he took the Brachot and he bought. Nothing, essentially. Now we come here and we're stuck because the brothers... The, protag- the antagonists here, actually, are tzaddikim. So we really are stuck because any interpretation that we give that paints the Shvatim in a terrible light, which seems from the story that they actually should be painted in, leaves us with this unacceptable conclusion that the brothers were terribly cruel uh, Rishayim. And we know that the Shifteka, that the Shvatim, which are the, uh, the origin source of Am Yisrael, were not wicked, callous, cruel, insensitive people. So what do we do in a story like this? What do we do when we have a Yosef and we have the, the Shivatim and we don't know how to understand the Shivatim and Yosef in a way where the story actually resonates with who we know the characters to be? Let me give you an example uh, as to this concept because I think that it's super important. You know, sometimes... A person, you know, imagine Barmanan, someone tells you, you know, I can't believe it, your father's a terrible person. My father's a terrible person. You know how great, what a great person my father was? 
Everybody only says the most amazing things about my father. Your father, I punched me in the face, could not have been my father. In a million years, my father could not have punched you in the face. Let's use an example as my father. Imagine if someone came to me and said, you know Rabbi, Rabbi Isaac Fari walked up to me, punched me in the face. In a million years, I tell you, I don't know what you're on, crack, crack cocaine, I don't know if you smoke, what you're smoking, methamphetamines, I'm not sure how much you drank. There's no possible way that Chacham Yitzchak Farim Murei Avi punched you in the face. He can't hurt a fly. He doesn't argue with people. He's always Ohev Shalom, Virodev Shalom. Impossible that that story happened. Correct? Can you see that? If you know the character, you know that the narrative that someone's selling you is not true. When we're talking about Sadiqim, like the Shivatim, they were Sadiqim of the highest order. Yosef was a Sadiq of the highest order. How can we understand, how can we parse this situation in a way where we actually understand it through the eyes of our Chachamim uh, and still understand how we resulted and we got to where we got to? My friends, I want to share with you something very, very powerful. El Chachamim tell us that the light of Torah is refracted through 70 different facets. Shiv'im panim la Torah. What does that mean, Shiv'im panim la Torah? There are 70 faces, 70 facets to all of Torah. Every bit of Torah, the light of every bit of Torah, can be seen and understood in 70 different facets. And what that means is that if a person is looking at this piece of Torah, and you have one Chacham is telling you like this, and one Chacham is telling you like that, so who's right? The Gemara actually expresses in what seems to be a confusing expression, Elu va'elu divre Elokim ha'im. Both this and this are the words of the living God. In fact, the Gemara relates that in Shamaim you could hear HaKadosh Baruch Hu saying over, teaching, learning, if you will, Torah with those uh, that are around him. Because as we know, it's a crazy thing to think, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu learns and teaches Torah. How do I know that? Did I make that up? We say it every morning. HaMelamed Torah Lamo Yisrael. I don't know, when was the last time you learned with God? Right now. Every day, you're learning Torah with me, you're learning Torah with God. Not because I'm God, but because the book, it's Him. When you learn Torah by yourself, says the Mishnah and Avot, you're learning Torah with God. Hamelamed Torah Lamo Yisrael. But what is fascinating is that Gemara says, Rabbi Eliezer Beni Kachu Omer. My son, Eliezer, this is how he says it. This is how he explains it. Yehuda Beni, wild. So he learns the different interpretations of the Chachamim and he teaches those different elements of the Torah because each one of those opinions carries an element, a facet of the truth that needs to be studied, that needs to be analyzed. And even if the Halakha follows A in this circumstance, it doesn't mean that the idea that B is presenting is not relevant in perhaps another iteration or in another place. My friends, since this is the case, we can approach the understanding over here with a magnificent perspective. We know that Yaakov Avinu, of all of the Avot, Yaakov Avinu is represented as the Amud, the pillar of Torah. Okay? That's why he's Tiferet, that's why he's Emet. Okay? 
But Yaakov Avinu represents Torah. That's who he is. And it is because Yaakov represents Torah. Whereas Avraham represents Chesed. Yitzchak represents Givurah. One represented kindness, one represented inner strength. But Yaakov represents Torah. He's Ishtam Yoshev O'alim. When he runs away, even after all of that, he spends another 14 years. Shem Ba'ever. My friends, because he's the Amu Torah, what comes out of Yaakov, as we know, when he goes down to Egypt, how many souls are the party of Yaakov? B'shiv'im nefesh. Yardu avotenu, our forefathers went down to Egypt. So 69 come to Egypt. The 70th is born in between the walls. That means they enter Mitzrayim with 70 souls. Those 70 souls, those 70 children, those 70 offshoots, if you will, of the Amud, of the pillar of Torah, are the representation of the 70 different faces and facets of Torah that a person can learn. But first and foremost in the 70 are the first 12, the 12 Shivatim. And these represented 12 ways, if you will, pathways of Torah understanding. So the brothers, each one of them, understood one way, and Yosef understood another. But the question is, if the 11 brothers were capable of seeing 11 different realities through the eyes of 11 different perspectives, why could they not see Yosef's? Yosef looked at what they did and he saw what he saw through his own perspective. He then went to his father. He said they made a mistake. They did something wrong. And according to the way Yosef was seeing it, he was correct. But my friends, how could they tolerate each other and not him? There's two obvious answers to this question. The first obvious answer is they could stand one another because none of them were against any of them. The viewpoint of any of the other 11 brothers was not to be above the other 11 brothers. Yosef's viewpoint wound up placing him in pole position. And that created, so to speak, a threat for the other 11 brothers. So one way of understanding it is that they couldn't see his way because of the fact that it threatened them. And my friends, the Torah says, Ki for bribery blinds the eyes of the wise and distorts the eye of the righteous. And the Chafetz Chaim always used to point this out. He says when the Torah says that bribery blinds the eyes of the wise, that it twists the eyes of the righteous, he asks the most famous question. He says, if I tell you someone is a big Talmud Chacham, that means that in my eyes they're a Chacham. Who's a rabbi for the people of the community? Maybe me. But if you ask me who's a big rabbi, I'm not going to say myself. I'm going to tell you my rabbi. If you ask my rabbi who's a big rabbi, who's he going to tell you? Not me, not him. He's going to tell you someone of the stature of his rabbi, someone that he looks up to. So who you call rabbi, who you call righteous, who you call wise, depends on where you stand on the totem pole. The higher you are, the more, if you say this guy's a genius, you're a genius, oh my gosh, I don't even know who the guy is now. You understand me? 
Says the Chafetz Chaim. Who calls these people wise? Who calls these people righteous? God does. In His Torah. That means that even God's level, a God-level tzaddik, a God-level righteous person, a wise person, shochad, bribery, is going to blind them. They're not going to be able to see. It's going to distort their vision. And my friends, what that means is that if they took a bribe and you're still calling him a tzaddik, how's that possible? How can he be a tzaddik if he's taking bribes? How can he be so smart if he's taking bribes? My friends, the answer, the simple answer is, he's a tzaddik except for this. He made one mistake. He's a chacham except for this. He made one mistake. But my friends, there's something else here. There are times when a person can get a bribe and not even realize that he got one. They tell a story about a rabbi who's sitting in a court case and he's in the middle of going through the court case. And as he's going through the court case, it, he says, you know what, I'm recusing myself. Someone else has to do this. Someone else needs to rule on this court case. I say, really? What? You're in the middle of the thing. What's going on here? He says something's wrong, get another judge. Anyway, they get another judge. Listen to this, my friends. They go, the judge goes outside. The rabbi who takes himself out of the case. His coat is hanging in the coat room. He takes his coat to go home, he reaches in the pocket. There's a packet of money from one of the people to bribe him. He takes the money, runs in, tells everyone, gives the guy the money back, tells everyone, this is why I didn't want to rule on the case. They said, but how did you know? He didn't even tell you. Hashochad, that bribery could blind the eyes of the wise or the righteous. You don't even have to know that you got the bribe. But how did he know? He says, all of a sudden, I started seeing the case on one perspective, on one side of the... And I didn't understand. How come all of a sudden, everything that I'm feeling is going one way? But I felt that I was being pulled in one direction. I pulled myself out. My friends, there's an internal bribe and an external bribe. Well, you think you can only bribe someone with money? How about the guy that tells you every day, Matthew, Mitlak, Rabbi, you're the best rabbi ever. We love your speeches. You're so nice. You work so hard. You're Adami. You're tall. You're skinny. You're blonde. The guy tells you every day. He gives you, pays you compliments. Other guy complains nonstop. Rabbi, it's already, uh, you're speaking already 15 minutes. Dachila. People have other things to do with their life. What you think what you have to say is more important than whatever else they have going on? Maybe you should have an ego check, Rabbi. Rabbi, the minyan, terrible. I hate that. It's too long, it's too short, it's too this, it's too that. Horrible. Rabbi, dachilak, people collecting tzedakah. We have to stop having people. I feel like you're not doing your job, Rabbi. Rabbi, the other, this guy complains all the time. Imagine these two guys now come to me for adjudication. I don't need a dollar, by the way, to know who I want to rule like. That's internal shochad. Now, do I think I'm an impartial observer? I might. Did I do anything wrong? Am I not a tzaddik? I didn't take, accept a bribe from anyone. All the guy did was compliment me. But internally, I feel more of a debt. I feel more of a connection with one person. So perhaps one answer to this is that the brothers had an internal shochad 
that having this guy out of the way meant that the guy who was in pole position is maybe not in position anymore. But my friends, I want to add one last piece. You know, the Mishnah and Avot tells us that one of the most important things that a person can have in this life is a ayin tob, is a good eye. A good eye doesn't just mean not a glass one. A good eye doesn't mean that he uh, got LASIK. A good eye means that whatever the person sees with that eye, he sees good. What is an ayin hara, a bad eye? Whatever the guy sees, he sees it in a bad way. This guy has money, doesn't deserve it. This one has a beautiful wife, she, you know, he doesn't appreciate her. This one has this, this one has that. Everything he sees, he sees in a negative light. My friends, the brothers thought that Yosef was looking at them with an ayin ra. And therefore, even though he's a tzaddik, even though he's a righteous person, perhaps his righteousness is not going to help him. And hear this clearly. A person who has inadvertent shochad. There's a child that they like more than the other kids. You know why? This kid works with me in the business. The other kids, they don't work with me in the business. He, I feel like kindred spirit with this one. Shochad. Now, here's the funny thing. Does the father think he's being an impartial observer when he makes decisions? Absolutely he does. He's not even aware. He's not a rasha for ruling like one. He's not, he doesn't even accept shochat. But the point is, my friends, he's not seeing reality. If your eye filtered something this way or this way before it got to you, your intellect never had a chance. Because you only can rule, as we said last week, on what you can see. The brothers saw that Yosef had a critical viewpoint of them. So the brothers said to themselves, this guy, he could be the biggest tzaddik in the world. And maybe he is. But you know what? Whatever, he, whatever we do, what's he going to say? How often do I find people in Machloket? Oh my gosh. People who are upset at other people. Legit. The person could be the best person in the world. They find a way to turn it sour. The guy gives tzedakah, look at this guy, he can't, two minutes he can't be without attention. <laughs> guy helps an old lady across the street, oh, okay, <laughs> you, know, you know who that old lady is. She's about to pass away, she has a beautiful townhouse for sale. <laughs> this guy is crossing, watch him push her in front of the bus. <laughs> they find a way to turn, to twist, she's doing it for this, he's doing it for that. Everything, why? Now by the way, is that a problem here? No. Here never has a chance if here is already making up what the brain is supposed to process. I had someone once, I was trying to help him out with a medical referral. This guy was trying to get on a certain program and I had an in for the program. And I called him, I called him, I called him. Guy doesn't answer the phone. Windows closing, I'm trying everything I can. I send them an email, I need to speak to you, it's very important. <coughs> the window passes. I can't get him in. The round is closed, it's filled. Then you can't play games. There's a certain number of people on the thing. Anyway, I meet the guy a little while later. My friends listen to this, but listen to this with your heart. I meet the guy a little while later at a wedding. 
I said, you know, I was trying to get in touch with you for this medical program. He goes, oh my gosh, that's why you reached, that's why you called me. I said, yeah, and emailed and texted. <laughs> he said, I thought, I thought you were calling me for tzedakah. So he didn't answer the phone. He says, why don't you tell me in the email that, I said, because I know that it's a private thing, that you're not well. I don't know who sees your email, reads your phone. Lots of people have the, they have a PA. That, so I'm not going to put sensitive information like that. I don't know. I don't know. If you answer the email, then maybe you could tell me that you have a PA or not. <laughs> but you see, in his perspective, if the rabbi is calling me, he's calling to take something. There's disastrous consequences sometimes to seeing things the wrong way. Hashem should bless him with long life. Wonderful guy. But in that moment, in that moment, he missed the chance. And that was an Ainra. That assumption. What they did not know about Yosef was that Yosef, about him it says, Ben Porat Yosef, Ben Porat Ale Ain. Yosef is above the evil eye, it says in the Gemara. Now most people read that and they think that means that Yosef is impervious. He's impenetrable by evil eye. But what they don't realize is that there's a reason why he's above evil eye. Because he's nishmar and he protects himself from ever giving the evil eye. If he didn't look at people that way, so what's the reward for being very careful about Ayn Ra? Then you become protected from Ayn Ra. A lot of times people ask me, Rabbi, I feel like there's an Ayn Ra on me, on my family, what should I do? I heard about all these things, about this thing, about that thing in Israel. They're pouring lead on your face, I don't know. I said, that's one way to solve the evil eye. You pour boiling lead on the eye, you don't have no eye no more. Fantastic, wonderful sigula. Now again, I'm not saying it is, it isn't. There's different misorah, berachot, sigulot. But I'll tell you one thing. I don't know sigulot, not sigulot. I know one thing. I know that the Torah tells us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu pays midah, keneged midah. Want to solve Ainara? Stop giving Ainara. I think it's that simple. It's just not so simple to stop doing Ainara. Ainara, people think, means oh, this guy should lose everything. No. Ainara could mean, oh, you know, I can't believe this guy got it. Wow. Really? Pff, I never thought he would succeed. Ainara. Seeing someone in a negative light. Ainara. Assuming negative intentions. Everything with this guy is an agenda. Ainara. What is everything with you? You do agendaless things? What are you, a computer program? You AI? Spontaneous generation? That's how you make decisions in your life? Also from an agenda. Everybody's got an agenda. The way we forgive ourselves for having an agenda in life, we should forgive others. This guy, everything he's doing is to make a dollar. Yes, that's business. In his tzedakah, he's very generous. In his business, he tries to make money. I can't see how that's a bad thing, unless you're uh, a Democrat and social, uh, socialist. In which case, it's a terrible thing if you make money. And therefore, we should take it away from you as soon as you make it. On behalf of other people that don't work for it. Come on! Ayn Ra! Let people have. Let them grow. Let them have. With, give them a biracha. Yosef amunai alechem kachem. Elif pa'amim. Thousand times more you should have. 
thousand times more health, a thousand times more children, a thousand times more Torah, a thousand times, everything, a million times more. Poo, 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 everything you should have. The brothers didn't understand that Yosef was Ale Ain. And here's the irony. Oy! Do you see the irony? The brothers are looking at Yosef as tzaddikim, assuming that he's also a tzaddik, but he doesn't have the information properly because he saw it in a negative light. So therefore he's assuming that they made mistakes. But, but Yosef in actual fact is, Ben Porat Yosef, he doesn't have the evil eye. The irony is, the people that think that other people are evil and petty and agenda driven, who is the one in that equation which is looking with Ayn Ra? It was the brothers. And they were unable to see. They weren't able to see his true intentions. What if, pardon me for leaving you with this bomb of a question, what if in the entanglement that you find yourself, where the other person is horrible, and the other person is doing terrible things because they're so selfish, what if you're the selfish one? What if when you say, you know, they just can't see it because they're so selfish, what if you just can't see it? Everybody could be a tzaddik. And if they had the right information, 100%, they'd make the right choice. But the information is being filtered through the ayin. Inshallah, we should be, you should be zokheh to the reality of Yosef, that each and every person in this world, in this room, in this class, should be zokheh to ben porat Yosef. They should not have ayin ara. They should live long and happy, healthy lives. They should have all the brachot fall on them. And as we know, today, I think, is Milton's 91st birthday. Azaku Baruch. We should be zocher to many, many, many more happy and healthy years with your trademark sense of humor, with your bringing all the time a bagel or something for me to eat from other shuls. It's fantastic. Always thinking about another person. I've never seen Milton where he didn't have he didn't have lollipops flying out from different places where he's giving out other people. What a giving soul! What a special person! I've heard from so many people that they remember back in the day when he would come and bring all the young people to synagogue. Hashem should bless you with every bracha, aktuvah, Torah, baruch Adonai leolam, amen, amen.